You're listening to the Silken Community Podcast. Your favorite source for gaming, film, and internet debate starts now. Now live from your nearest apocalyptic bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soken Podcast Season 5 premiere. I'm your host, T, and with me, as usual, don't worry, are Jace and Leo. I'm Jace Drayson! Sorry, I wasn't sure I was going to go first or Leo was. I mean, you're written first. Anywho, hello! I'm Leo. So we, uh... We ended season four a little worried about some things that were going on. Threats of World War Three. Australia was kind of on fire. And now we've turned to another horseman entirely with the coronavirus. Good thing we record this show online. Social distancing would have destroyed us. How are you guys handling the apocalypse? Thanks, <laughs> I hate it. Uh, uh. It's not a fun thing, you know... I often try to find the bright side of things. I'm an optimist. I'm I'm often accused of being a cockeyed optimist. But there's just not a lot good about about an apocalypse, I've decided. Um, I suppose some people have some things that they're relatively excited about, but but I'm not. I'm I'm finding a lot of dread and agony. <laughs> Although I will yeah. say my one bright spot in the apocalypse is the internet. I don't know what we would do if we would have had to do this in the eighties. We couldn't have hung. I've found, oddly enough, like apocalypse stories have always been some of my favorite. Um, the the grit and the like, just humanity that you experience, the best and the worst. Like they're always just fascinating stories for me. I've found I don't really like living through it. <laughs> no, I didn't like it beforehand. Like I never wanted to watch an apocalypse movie or an apocalypse video game. I think I'm on record on this program stating such things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's I don't know it it could certainly be worse you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel that, you know it's um and, and honestly for folks like us who online game and have these online com communities that we can hang out with and lean on it's better than uh, I think it is for others so you know it's it's not too bad not too bad if it was just the social isolation to me that's a borderline blessing. You know what I mean? Like, I like to not have to go out and put on clothes and get dressed and go be social. So that part, I know some people are having a really hard time with it. That's not the hard part for me. Part of that is because I've yet to really get to stay home and, and isolate completely because of my job. But just, the, you know, I feel bad for people. I, I just, I, I hurt when people hurt. And I know that there's a lot of hurting and sad people out there. And it just tears me up. I'm heartless, so... I'm just here living my best life. We have a lot of respect, though, for the uh, survivors of the Spanish influenza of the 1900s. Don't know how you guys did it. No kidding. It was rough. We they were like it. playing cards and looking out their windows and stuff. Yeah. In an admittedly rather thematic season premiere, we're going to be discussing some delays due to the spread of COVID-19. For example, The Last of Us 2 and A Quiet Place 2, as well as some tips and tricks for gamers and introverts alike to survive the pandemic and stay sane while you do it. Stick with us. So about two years ago, 
John Krasinski of The Office fame came into the box office as a director with A Quiet Place, where he and his wife, fittingly, play a husband and wife trying to keep their children alive in a post-apocalyptic world without sound. The sequel was supposed to release in March, but was reportedly delayed due to the spread of coronavirus. Due to the film being most likely entirely filmed, wrapped, and cut by now, do you think the delay is to stop people from going theaters to see it, or do you think they just need more time? I think, um, you know, they're obviously suffering what every movie producer I know is suffering, which is nobody can go to the theater or nobody wants to go to the theater, um, not with the current pandemic. So I think it's in their best interest to delay. They're, they're kind of obligated to wait if they want to make the most out of it. Some companies aren't doing that, um, like Disney supposedly putting... Um, what is it, uh, Black Widow, directly into digital. Um, but they're going to lose a lot because it's not going to hit the box office. Yeah, uh, it, I think that it's necessary. I don't think it's because they, they necessarily need to fix the movie or anything like that. I do think that it's just simply timing. Now, I know there are some movies that are just going to go straight to online. Um, I know that... Even some movies are being made available online earlier, sooner. Um, but, you know, if you put a lot of money into a movie, you want it to have a full theatrical release so that you can make the money back. It's just business, and I understand that. Uh, as an aside, I have to say this. For all of you out there who just might need a moment of some good news, John Krasinski has out on YouTube right now the number one trending video. He just put it up, I believe, yesterday. Um, it's called Some Good News. And it's like a newscast that he's just kind of doing from his home. And especially if you're a fan of The Office, go find it, watch it. It's a nice little pick-me-up and, and takes about 15 minutes. But you will thank me. It's a good, heartwarming piece. In terms of other movie news, uh, there was a rumor that the latest Bond movie has been delayed, partially because there's rumors that the plot revolves around a bioweapon causing a pandemic felt that this was maybe a little bit too close to home at the moment and so the studios might have pulled the release until a later time this isn't the first time we've seen this happen there have been uh for example i remember there was at least one tv show that delayed their finale because it featured a scene that they felt was too close to the pulse nightclub shooting um do you think that this is the right call in those kinds of situations i do i think that there's a certain sensitivity that is appropriate when not even just when we're all going through something. I remember when one of the Spider-Man films was coming out, and I don't remember which one it was, but it was right after 9-11, and there were some scenes that were reshot. It might have been the first one. Um, scenes that were reshot or altered, and because it, it actually had... Uh, the Twin Towers featured there. So they actually completely altered the, the storyline a little bit just out of a sense of respect and, and sensitivity. So I do think that that's a good thing to do. Uh, there's no reason to... Let's be honest, some, some people are severely traumatized by this right now and there's, there's no reason to re-traumatize people <laughs> in their entertainment. I, I like it. Faux show. I think it goes to... Um... It, it definitely demonstrates that um, some sensitivity is, is in order for these kinds of things. Um, and, and cynically, um, you can also look at it from the perspective of uh, folks who want to make money 
<clears throat> don't want to upset their audience. So naturally, uh, they're inclined from whatever uh, motivational factor you want to consider is the heaviest for them. Um, there's just no reason to uh, antagonize an audience that's sensitive to a particular topic. This one is a big one right now. In that case, I take it you're both uh, not the type to take comfort in scary movies during times of high stress. Girl, I don't even like scary movies in times of low stress. I don't like to feel bad. I like to feel good. I've never gone to see a horror movie out of the fact that I just want to do it. Sometimes I have just because friends make or whatever. But no, I don't need that crap in my entertainment. I don't like those feelings. I don't like them at all, I said. <laughs> I... Well, like I had said earlier, like I really love apocalyptic stories. They, there, there's always something I don't know, exciting, kind of thrilling, and um, even a little engaging about like what kinds of crazy scenarios are our uh, characters going to find themselves in? How are they going to overcome it? And like I, I find those really interesting. Um, however, I've noticed um, last night, for instance, my girls were watching bird box and i couldn't watch it. <laughs> it it messed me up so i i had to go do something else strange for me yeah i think that that's that's a natural and part of the reason why i've never really enjoyed those films and not all of them but for, to some extent is i feel like we're just one shade away from that reality sometimes and and that that thought i find really disconcerting and also, I know that we're in a global crisis and emergency right now, but really, there are vast portions of our population that live in crisis from moment to moment for one reason or another. And because of my work, I interface with those people on, on the reg. So, again, I, I really want my entertainment to, to zen me out, to be an escape, and not to remind me of the parts of the world that are hard. Um, because... You know, it is hard and we do already have to deal with that. Let's, or for me, I mean, everybody's different, but for me, I really do like to put my mind somewhere else in my off time. Yeah, I've kind of had, um, I don't know, I, I guess the opposite of that, where I think particularly coming from um, the perspective of the military of that kind of, I don't know, amped up um, reality to then getting out of the military and um, getting a nice, quiet civilian job and settling down and becoming a, you know, a better husband and father. And, you know, there's a, a lot of that excitement just doesn't exist in my day to day. Uh, and so I do like to, for my entertainment to, to have it, but not, not like this, not lately. Not like this. Not like this. Well, Back then to the quiet place too, which again may be a good idea to delay its release a little bit further until people are more of in a mindset for horror again. The first film was generally well received. It got a 7.4 on IMDb, and it's been well acclaimed for its use of lulls and sound as a stylistic choice. Do you think that the sequel can then capture those elements without being repetitive? I think in a lot of ways it's obligated to. Um, those were kind of fundamental aspects of of what made the first movie as popular as it was and it's kind of unique um because of it so i i think it will be a little repetitive but i honestly don't think it would be the quiet place too without it 
Yeah, um, I, I guess there's there's a, a fine line you want to walk there because you don't want to recreate the same movie. You don't want to do the same beats and the same jokes, or I guess there's no jokes in this, but the same jump scares. Like, there's got to be a different take in order for there to be a reason for the film to, to be there. Otherwise, it's just probably not a very good movie. But, you know, at the same time, there's a reason that film is, is well-liked. And I watched it. I, I don't watch a lot of movies like that, but I did watch it. And I actually kind of liked that one. So you do want to at least capture the flavor, right? It, it needs to have something that is reminiscent or gives you the same vibe. Otherwise, it's not really a sequel, right? It wasn't really a question asked, but I'm going to rant. So, um, John Christensen's character, I can't I can't remember what his character's name was, but his death at the end was terrible. He didn't even, he didn't need to die. He just, I don't know. They wanted him to die for some kind of weird sacrifice. Second of all, the very idea that these creatures who have just devastated humanity can be taken out by a simple uh, frequency played at a certain volume do you honestly believe that the militaries of the world didn't try that? These are these are creatures who are incredibly sensitive to sound. Has was that not the first thing they tried? That was idiotic. But they didn't have the exact frequency of a hearing aid of a child. I forgot. <laughs> they probably like tried something else. And didn't think of it. Old radio speaker set. <laughs> do you guys uh, do you guys remember the old movie Mars Attacks? Yes. Yes. Same ending. Pretty much. <laughs> well, that's true. The Mars Attacks was a comedy, and Quiet Place wasn't supposed to be. I appreciated that they used sign language and subtitles so frequently in the film. I think that that was something that was unique, and especially for a horror film. But I'm happy to see more of that on screen. I agree. There were a lot of elements to the movie that I really liked. I loved the idea, the premise, um, and the way they did it, I thought was, was rather brilliant. Um, it's just, the, the story fell apart, and I couldn't enjoy it as much as I otherwise would have. Fair enough. The film has yet to get a new release date announcement from Paramount, but we'll be waiting with bated, quiet breaths for the end of the apocalypse to see our bearded boy Krasinski again in flashbacks. So we're gonna we're gonna eat just the tiniest bit of crow here, uh, because today we are talking about The Last of Us, which was debatably Naughty Dog's greatest title ever released, and an extremely topical sequel. But it is admittedly a PS4 game. It was also sadly delayed, regardless of whether or not you are a console peasant, as Leo would say, or a PC purist. But it is a game all about a pseudo father-daughter relationship. And so we're very happy to be talking about it with two adult men with daughters. So before we get into it, did the original game have any effect on you guys? Just was there a degree of emotional connection there because of the material? Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll say I didn't play it um, because I'm not a console peasant, but I did watch um, all of the. I, I watched actually a number of playthroughs, and, um, all the cutscenes, and I, I know the story very well because. It, I think it's it's probably one of the best stories told via the the medium of the video games. Um, it's unfortunate that it's you know console peasantry, but um, it's 
it's a very very good story <clears throat> the, the fact that i have two daughters um i do think made it resonate with me um more than it might otherwise have but oh my god that opening sequence um was gut-wrenching and um it did so much to to set up the dynamics between joel and ellie um throughout the rest of the game and it made it that much more um impactful it was oh, it was good um so i i will just make a little disclaimer here i also did not play it i am familiar with the game i'm familiar with the plot and and i did watch several clips i don't probably haven't watched the whole thing as, as leo has but i'll have to say that not really um there's a degree of separation i guess and I guess that's part of the reason why I talk about it, entertainment the way I do. I really want my entertainment to be separate from the real. Um, and so in that instance, there was no, from from what I experienced and what I read and what I watched, there was real no resonance between my relationship to my daughter and the the characters in the video game. And it's and until you ask the question, honestly, it wouldn't have even really occurred to me to make that connection to to put that together because I guess I I do compartmentalize to that to that degree. Well, what happens if you like when you read a book or you like watch a good movie? Um, do you still compartmentalize those? Largely, I do, and that that's not to say I don't enjoy it, and I can't I can't have an emotional investment in it. I can, but I I keep that very separate from the real. It's it's almost as if it's almost a dissociative enjoyment of something um especially when it's super emotional and it does get to me it, it does affect me but i i try to have a boundary between what is actual and what is not and and maybe part of the reason i protect myself from watching stuff that's either disturbing or really impactful is because i'm not maybe very good at that <laughs> and so when i try to do it i have to be intentional and when uh when i'm unable i you know it, it can bowl me over maybe i'm not sure do you tear up, like watching movies and stuff? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I'm I get pretty uh, invested and emotional. I can tear up emotional if I let myself. Um, I can I can empathically or empathetically get involved with characters and story, but I guess the difference is I don't drink it in. I don't I don't necessarily see myself in it. I experience it from the character character's perspective and feel it that way rather than feeling it from from myself. Does that make any sense? Yeah, there's a difference between like dipping your toes in or wearing someone else's shoes for a little while versus going in full plunge. Yeah, I find I have I have kind of an easy time separating myself from um, from characters and protagonists, but it depends a lot of the genre that I'm watching. It depends on how impressed I am with the story or the movie or the, um, the game and. I've noticed since being a dad, if there's stories that involve kids, that's that's a weakness for me. I have I have a really hard time like pulling myself away from that because I I I feel a connection to to the character that's you know trying to protect a kid. There's I don't know maybe it's something wrong with me. I don't know, but no, I don't think so. I don't think it's wrong. You've said that before. I think it's. I think it's a, a nobility thing. That's the reason why we have websites like Does the Dog Die? So that we know specifically, like, what are we getting mm -hmm, ourselves into here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It it hit me 
that one hit me deep um in in a way a lot of stories don't well speaking of dogs the naughty dog has a long partnership with sony and has historically only released games on playstation with the cross console age on its way in and as at least pc gamers ourselves do you guys think that it makes business sense for the last of us 2 to remain updation exclusive I do. I think exclusives are what make the consoles consoles, and we've talked about that before on the show. Um, exclusives really are the reason why anybody should own a console, in my opinion. <laughs> if you can get it on the PC and play it on the PC, why wouldn't you? So, the to if you're trying to sell a box, you've got to have exclusives for the box. Yep, I agree 100%. I think it really is the only thing consoles have going for them. Um, I've even been in a couple of conversations with folks who are so excited for the new generations of consoles, and they talk about all the awesome stuff they can do, and I'm like, yeah, my PC could do that five years ago, ten years ago. Like, I, I get you're excited about finally catching up to technology, but um, the, really the only thing that the consoles have on their side are these exclusives. The fact that they're going away from them, kind of kind of baffles me. I don't get it. Alright, so do you guys think that this delay for this video game, as opposed to past delays for these, do you think that this one specific is to make sure the game's up to standards despite what's going on in the world? Or do you think that it points to a deeper issue with the studio? I, I actually had to look a little bit into this, given the, the question. Um, and the stuff that I, I read and watched uh, about Naughty Dog in there. Um, I guess the the rumors going on about uh, the, the the overwork of their employees and how um, industry veterans don't want to work at Naughty Dog, um, so they've had to hire uh, a bunch of people out of industry um, and people very, very new. Um, and that's what been what's delayed production? I don't know. I, I don't know what. Um, I'm inclined to believe you know, the reports of folks that I guess are um, supposed to be insiders. So I do think there are some issues. I don't know how ubiquitous those issues are across the gaming industry. It, it sounds like they're, they're kind of common, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to go on the side of, I, I believe it's just other, another case of a delay because of what's happening in the world. I, I mean, I know that's kind of a repeat of what I said before, so I'm just going to stick with, I'm going to double down and say, I don't think there's any fishy, wishy, washy stuff going on. I think that the, the execs know that it might be prudent to wait until um, there is a calmer world in which to release this title. Speaking of the title itself, getting back from behind the scenes, the game itself features Joel and Ellie several years after the end of the first title. The trailers show them as some part of a, a new community, it seems, but it's never gonna end well in an apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic game. The nature of the first game was all about a father figure protecting a girl that he came to care about, with, but with rumors that Ellie is the main player character in this game, how do you think that that relationship will stay center stage? I'm really curious actually to see um, how that plays out. It, it was the fundamental aspect of, of the first game. and it, it was what drove the story. I mean, that's what the whole story was about, was their relationship. Um, 
it could be you know watching ellie grow up and you know seeing her become an independent adult uh, you know somebody who doesn't necessarily need joel around and it could be that dynamic It'd be interesting to see i'm not sure that it will be as as the the first game's dynamic but we'll see i think <clears throat> in my in my reading part of the game that i think people really liked was when they actually got to play as ellie and part of that um that those moments in the game were because <clears throat> joel was down and out himself and so ellie had to take the role of the protector and the hunter and and to move him into a <clears throat> healthier position I think that this game perhaps will play up on that and and you know back to the first question when you think about having the perspective of a father looking at a daughter it's kind of cool to take the take the perspective of a, a daughter looking to a father so it could actually open itself up to a whole new audience of maybe um, female gamers who who want to play that that female protagonist with that thought of a, a, a daddy figure or a father figure who's perhaps who she's got to take care of. It's just a different take. And I, I think that it'll probably go over pretty well for those who like the game. And with the word daddy being said on our podcast, it is officially cursed for the new year. <laughs> no. My bad. So how much of Joel do you expect to see? Do we think that, because so far in the trailers that I've seen, he really doesn't come up all that often. Yeah, it's strange. In the trailers I saw, I, I actually don't think I saw him at all. It was um, like the E3, E3 stuff from, it was 2018, it was all Ellie. Um, Joel wasn't there at all. Um, I, I don't know, maybe he's another um, stuff I haven't seen, but it, it, it Given that the story is going to focus on Ellie, it makes sense um, that her character's evolution is about that growing independence because their dynamic throughout the first game was their reliance on each other one way or another, either Joel protecting Ellie or Ellie protecting Joel. Um, if this is about her, you know, gaining her independence, he really can be much more than you know, a, a periphery, peripheral <laughs> a character on the side. <laughs> I'm hard pressed to believe they would put him out to pasture completely though. I think that there, there's an expectation when you come to know a character that you're going to <clears throat> can get to continue to play that character, at least to a certain extent. Um, it's almost like a, a fan service at that point and, and sidelining him too much would be, I think detrimental to the, to the brand. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, it, it just, it seems from what I've seen, Ellie really is the central character here. In one of the first trailers that we saw, with the one with Ellie playing the guitar, um, Ellie tells Joel that she's going to find and kill every last one of them. Given that the gameplay trailers so far have shown us what appear to be humans rather than the infected, what do you think has motivated her upcoming murderous rampage? Well, I mean, if for those who know the story, spoiler alert, um, it turns out that the <clears throat> the promised land, so to speak, that they were looking for the entire time turned out not to be that so much. And the Fireflies were not the safe haven and, and the hope that they thought 
that that it would be and in fact they were going to kill her in order to find um, a cure for for the disease or whatever the fungus so my my guess is that something has happened in the intervening time and which which causes her causes her to be uh vengeful now that's a change because the at the end of the game she did not she was not fully aware of of what actually had transpired joel protected her from that knowledge and it could be that um she has come to know it and found out something horrific perhaps i think it it's one of those elements of of these kinds of post-apocalyptic apocalyptic stories that i find most interesting that yes there is um, there is the threat of whatever it is that caused the quote end of the world, be it a disease, be it zombies, those tend to be my favorite, but whatever it is that caused the end of the world, um, there is that initial hurdle to overcome, but then there are other people to overcome. There are other people to either ally with or defend oneself against. And um, those dynamics are as interesting to, to me in these stories as the thing that actually ended the world. Um, because people are all inherently selfish. Um, even Joel's actions at the end of the first game were selfish. Um, and I don't begrudge him that. Uh, I would have likely done the same. Um, so the idea that you have these competing motivations or, or competing, um, I don't know, could even be ideologies, but folks who have very, very limited resources and are competing with other people for them, um, whatever those resources might be, create some fantastic story. And I'm, I'm actually really intrigued to see who the, quote, bad guys are here and who it is that Ellie wants to kill. I'm worried they're gonna kill off the girl from the other trailer. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people die <laughs> in, in The Last of Us. This is true. Well, The Last of Us 2 is now slated lease on May 29th, assuming that we're all free to go out and buy it or maybe do a digital download. Hey, PC releases are great for that. Uh, then we look forward to playing it or at least watching playthroughs on YouTube. I will not resort to console peasantry because <laughs> The Last of Us was a good game. I will be watching playthroughs. All right, so we're going to get to the nitty-gritty, guys. We know that it's a really tense time all around. This COVID-19 has really shut down a lot of things all the minute, unless you're considered essential, and that's just a whole different barrel of worms with businesses trying to consider some of us essential and some not. With a new crop of apocalyptic memes as a coping mechanism and news stations scaring people into panic shopping for toilet paper, there's a lot going on to worry about. For us gamers and nerds, staying inside and not seeing people isn't really a far stretch for business as usual, or, well, business as ideal. But for the time being, our writers have a list of tips on how to survive illness, as well as boredom, that we're going to go ahead and discuss. First up on the list is remember to wash your hands and cover your mouth, especially if you're going outside. This seems like such a simple thing to do, and yet one that people are finding so difficult. Um, Jace even had 
a delivery a, a mailman um who you guys had video of yeah. him outside the house like stepping out of his truck coughing onto the envelopes and then putting Dropping those envelopes them. yeah right into my mail slot right in my house it's it's really bizarre this, this whole wash your hands don't touch your face cover your mouth thing it sounds so simple but it's vital and it's not natural to us i i am so cognizant of how often i touch my face now i had no idea i was a face toucher but i'm a huge face toucher another cool thing you know i've been doing some reading about the virus and uh soap and water is very effective to neutralize the thing if 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 it gets on you let's say from a surface or whatever if you wash your hands you can neutralize it pretty much right off it's not it's not virulent to the point that it's going to make it through a good hand washing so that stuff matters it really can shut down vectors it really can keep you healthy but we have to be cognizant about it you have to to think about it and and make good choices and especially when it comes to covering your mouth even if that's wrapping a scarf around your face um, there have actually been a lot of people well first of all don't take masks your local medical professionals if need them if they're handing them out in the waiting room one thing but don't pocket a box and go home with it because those are medical grade masks they are in a somewhat limited supply and we need to make sure that those are going to the people who absolutely need them however you can find a lot of patterns online for sewing your own face masks at home and if you're feeling like you just kind of need something to do and i admit i'm one of them um, some hospitals are actually accepting homemade masks as forms of protection that you can donate. There's a cancer hospital near where I live, um, so they're very interested in making sure that everyone has these masks that are going to be washable. Um, a local fabric store is actually donating the supplies that you need in order to create these masks, and then you can turn them back in. They'll sterilize them and make sure they get where they need to go. T's done some homework, y'all. Yeah, um, I, I am immunocompromised, so I am considered to be somewhat in the, I don't know, target demographic danger zone. Run and hide. Target demographic is not the right term. <laughs> Word. Our, our second big tip is don't just play games all day every day. Uh, be productive and productivity is key to your mental health. Clean something, learn something, cook something, write something. Find something to um, entertain your brain that isn't just complete and utter idle nothingness. I've been cooking a lot. Um, well, mostly because I have to, but I've been cooking a lot just because it's something to do. I know well, a lot of people have been cleaning or trying to deep clean their entire house, which is helpful. It'd be helpful if I actually did it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, like before we started, I, I was asking everybody how they were doing. And, uh, one of the producers had said, "Like, oh yeah, this is this is actually great. I'm working out. I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I'm having a really good time." I was like, "Oh well, good. It seems the the end of the world has a different effect on on us." <laughs> Speaking of that, isn't uh, it's the end of the world as we know it? Like currently back on the iTunes charts or something? Boo. I love that song. <laughs> okay. Tip number three. That said, if you need to kill some time, do something familiar. Play Skyrim for the billionth time. 
redo the Mass yeah. Effect trilogy and romance Garrus like a trooper. <laughs> I should have read these before. <laughs> Grind light on Destiny. While doing something new is good for your health, doing something familiar is a great way to kill the hour. I like watching shows that I'm familiar with on the Netflix. That's how I fall asleep. Whether it be The Simpsons or Cheers, something just soothing and familiar. Yeah, creature comforts and things that make us feel good are something that we all kind of desperately need in times like these. Whether sure. that's yeah, whether that's like remembering to maybe make your favorite dessert or indulging in wearing your favorite I don't know sweatshirt dress up like in your formal wear around your house if you want to no one's gonna care we're in quarantine but um but familiarity is also something that can alleviate some of the stress that's going on and even if you don't know the stress is there it's still nice to be able to indulge i actually really dig um watching adult swim the cartoon network at, at night um a lot of old familiar shows up there like family guy and bob's burgers and um i actually like falling asleep to those i have read so many free books on amazon i do not remember what any of them were about but i read them <laughs> but speaking of familiarity try and keep to your usual routine as much as possible despite not being able to go out if you wake up at a certain time for work try and stick to that you know remember to take showers Work out if you can. People are very routine creatures, and so we're comfortable and happy when we stick to one. It's very interesting. My um, my brother-in-law has um, he, he keeps putting up daily little Facebook posts, and they're all things like take a shower, um, because it it really is helpful to remind people to do these kinds of things. It it makes us feel better. Totally. Our next tip is despite social distancing, we live in an age where you don't need to be in person to get social, social interaction. Discord, Skype, TeamSpeak, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, other services are great to keep in touch with friends and talk in more ways than just texting. I can tell you as a businessman, these tools have become absolutely imperative and the internet should be a utility because it is vital to getting our work done. Um, I, I don't know what we'd be doing without it. Another another good thing to do is um, there's an app on the iPhone, maybe on the other platforms as well, called House Party. Um, real simple little app. You, you group up with people on your phones, whoever your friends are, and play some games. They have little, like a drawing game, trivia games, and you can play it with, you know, huge numbers of people, friends, and it keeps score and you have a winner and it's some of them are pretty fun. There's one about slang. You've got to know like WTF and you have to click what that actually stands for. And you find out which of your friends aren't very cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I can imagine my parents trying to do that. Oof. I think actually at the end of recording that Strawfall 2 is free on Steam. Oh yeah. A few folks in, um, I've seen so good playing Drawful. Really enjoy it. Um, the last tip, if you need to go out, be it for shopping, gas, or work, if you still need to do that. Plan your outings in advance to limit your exposure. They look silly, but consider gloves and a mask to keep yourself healthy. Better safe than sorry. Um, totally agreed. I, I, I do have a natural tendency to just head exactly where I need to go, do what I need to do, and then come back home. 
part of that's a natural introversion and just kind of an antisocial tendency. Um, so that's not really different for me. But for those of you who tend to loiter and bounce about, don't do that. You only expose yourself. It's the apocalypse, folks. Dress as ridiculous as you'd like. I have my. I will admit that I had to. I've had to go to the post office for work, which is new because we're having our mail. So I have to go and get like tubs of mail to bring. And um, I admit that I've put on the gloves, and my auntie made homemade masks, and so I have a homemade mask that I wear into the post office. I've been trying really hard to keep myself healthy, and you know it's funny because I live in Texas, and in Texas people are like, "Now nah, we'll just shoot the virus." In a lot of ways, so like I'm in there with guys in shorts and no gloves and carrying the you know they're trying to mail their ammunition and i'm wrapped up as if we're in the end times but you know you do what you got to do trying to mail their ammunition <laughs> you know Texas. all right and we have one little tip though we know a lot of our listeners have done this one already if you find that you need a place to spend the media that you have available just isn't doing it for you we're a role-playing community come join us if you don't have a lot of friends on Discord or in the online games, there's a community waiting for you right here with Soken. We've got, we've actually gotten two new guilds since our last season. We've added on a smuggler guild in Star Wars The Old Republic with the Elysium Cartel, and we've launched in Star Trek Online with the Nova Star Task Force. There's a whole lot more waiting for you, and a lot of people in the same boat. Like everyone. It really Literally is. everyone. Yeah, it really is a phenomenal social outlet. Well, it's that time again, tea time. We're going back to an old question we got from Sarah Lewis of the Divine Conclave Guild because we had not yet filled our quota of Star Wars. We haven't <laughs> forgotten. Sarah asks, who are your sleep with Mary kill trio from the Star Wars universe? We're gonna keep it simple. We're gonna limit ourselves to characters from either the recent trilogy or the ongoing season of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. So who was your bed, wed, and behead? <laughs> never heard it called bed wouldn't be head i like that better um i'll go ahead and say mine my my bed i'm gonna go with a recent trilogy and my bed would be finn the wed would be poe and my behead would be kylo ren because he died anyways and that way i don't have to change nothing <laughs> uh, my bed would be yoda because i think that would just be freaky um my mary um would be um leia because she's she's probably both so um and she's gonna die and leave it all to me um spoiler and then um i'd probably kill ray because she's a mary sue and i hate mary sues yakety yak this one's a weird one for me all right i'm gonna go probably bed padme mary no i'm gonna say mary ray all right i'm gonna go for it uh, and then as for kill, I just I just want to kill Watto from like the original series. And I know that it doesn't stay within the boundaries that we've set for ourselves, but I have hated that character. And I think I would rather kill him than Jar Jar Binks. Goodness, that is some dark side hate. I mean, Leo, if you touch my wife, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to cut her head off. Um, she's Mary Sue and she deserves to die. Not if I get you first. That's fair. 
I guess that's my revise then. Is I'm gonna revise to kill Leo so he can't kill <laughs> Nice. If you'd like to submit a tea time question for the podcast, head on over to SoakinGaming.com slash SoakinMedia and find the submission bar on the right-hand side of the page. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Season 5 premiere of the Soken podcast. Next, we hope to have more good news. May or may not be about the ongoing Corona station, but a lot of bleak, less bleak things to talk about. Fingers crossed. For more Soken Media, visit us on SokinGaming.com slash SokinMedia, follow our Twitter at SokinGaming, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Soken Gaming Community. And you can look for future episodes of the podcast on Google Podcasts and iTunes. Until next time, I've been T. I have been Jace. And I've been Leo. And we'll see you next week. Stay healthy, Soken. Thank you for listening to the Soken Community Podcast. Craving more? Visit us on Twitter and YouTube at Soken Gaming, as well as our website, www.sokengaming.com. Until next time, stay classy. Right, Jace?